the MSM still can't get a handle on Durham. The main talking point for now is avoidance. That's not what he said. By Brian Cates. Despite the fact he's only issued two indictments since last September, Durham keeps the heat turned up on the Spygate scandal in his own artful way. While thus far only charging former Perkins Coie and Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman and former Christopher Steele associate Igor Danchenko with making false statements to federal officials, Durham has managed to cause quite a stir in the way he's gone about handling the two cases. First, both indictments could have been about one page in length. Instead, Durham used the two lengthy and well-written indictments to take the reader on an intricate journey into what was revealed to be a criminal conspiracy spanning the Clinton campaign and its operatives at the Perkins Coie Law Firm and the Fusion GPS political messaging shop. The criminal conspiracy revealed in the indictments involved a well-funded smear campaign launched by the Clinton campaign to create multiple fake Trump-Russia hoaxes and then use their operatives to seed them all throughout the mainstream media. That in itself wasn't too bad. One political campaign using the media to spread a false narrative attacking the rival campaign in the race for president? Politics is a dirty business, and this kind of stuff has always gone on. Had the Clinton campaign and its operatives stopped there, they'd have been far better off. But they didn't stop there. Hillary Clinton decided to have these political operatives in her employ also approach at least two federal agencies with these fake Trump-Russia hoaxes they had concocted, with the goal being to see if the FBI and the CIA would take the hoaxes from them and target Trump's campaign for investigations. I'm still not sure at this point if the CIA took the Alpha Bank hoax bait from Sussman when he approached them with it, but there is no doubt that the FBI did take the bait from him, and that agency did indeed start up a federal criminal investigation to determine whether or not the Trump Organization was using a server as back-channel communications with the Russian government. That investigation didn't last long, didn't result in any charges, and soon ended. But as it so happens, creating a fake hoax and then lying to federal law enforcement or intelligence officials to convince them to waste the government's time and resources chasing after a myth is in fact a federal crime. Thus far, Durham's only charged Sussman and Danchenko for the false statements they made to federal agents on matters not related to the actual criminal conspiracy to trick the FBI and CIA into investigating the Trump campaign. Sussman's charge is for claiming he wasn't representing any client when he approached the FBI general counsel James Baker with the Alpha Bank hoax in September of 2016. And although he hasn't been charged for this yet, Durham shows in the indictment and subsequent filings 
that Sussman repeated that lie again during his approach to the CIA in February of 2017. In fact, Durham can now prove, through extensive documentation in his possession, that Sussman was making the approach to hand off this Alpha Bank hoax to federal agencies on behalf of New Star Vice President Rodney Jaffe, as well as the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. It should make Sussman exceedingly nervous that Durham has not charged him with lying to the CIA exactly in the same manner that he lied to the FBI. Sussman, at this point, due to the extensive discovery dumped into his lap thus far, has to know Durham has sufficient evidence to get a conviction not only on the false statements charge, but also on all the criminal conspiracy charges he has yet to indict him for. Durham's message is clear. I've only charged you with the smallest federal offense we both know you committed. You know there's other far more serious charges I can drop on you, and I have the evidence, and you know I'll make it stick. Whether I drop those additional charges on you or not depends on how happy you make me. So please think hard about cooperating. Have a nice day. This is how prosecutors apply pressure to a defendant and make them sweat when they want to force them to cooperate. Nothing prevents Durham from hitting Sussman with superseding indictments at any time. Sussman would know this and would realize Durham's holding back the other charges for now means he wants cooperation. And indeed, there are several signs that Sussman is being very helpful to Durham's investigation. Such as when he and his lawyers volunteer to the special counsel's office that the DOJ's office of the inspector general was holding back discovery in his case. My column about this curious bit of cooperation on Sussman's part is here. Link in the article. Danchenko was indicted for making numerous false statements to FBI officials during a series of interviews conducted from January to September of 2017. I wrote a column about the most serious lie that Danchenko told the FBI, that longtime Clinton family associate Charles H. Chuck Dolan was not a source for any of the allegations that appeared in the fake Steele dossier. In fact, Dolan was the source for at least one key allegation that appears in the dossier about Paul Manafort being fired as Trump campaign chair due to vicious infighting inside Donald J. Trump's inner circle. Danchenko was determined to hide Dolan's role and ended up being burned when Dolan cooperated with the FBI's investigation and admitted to being a dossier source. Danchenko's indictment is also interesting for the timeline it establishes about Danchenko's work in the Washington, D.C., Virginia area, some of it for the Brookings Institute, how he relocated to the United Kingdom in 2014 and returned to the U.S. sometime prior to 2018. What makes the timeline Durham gives so interesting 
is what that timeline leaves out. The indictment timeline makes absolutely no mention whatsoever about why Igor Denchenko left the United States for the United Kingdom in 2014. Would you be surprised to learn that allegations were made in 2014 about Danchenko being a Russian agent offering payment for classified information to low-level Obama administration personnel, and that when FBI had just opened a case on him to investigate him for espionage and was in the preliminary stages of seeking a FISA warrant against him, he left the country? And then... Around four years later, nobody quite sure the exact date he came back, Danchenko is once again in the Washington, D.C. area like nothing had happened, and resumed seeking jobs as a Russian energy consultant, translator, and researcher. I wrote a column back in November asking if Danchenko just got lucky, or if someone told him the coast was clear and he could return. I've long suspected Danchenko and his small network of acquaintances are not the primary sources for most of the Steele dossier allegations. While Danchenko, Dolan, and others in Danchenko's circle of acquaintances supplied a few minor allegations, the big dossier claims came from Russian intelligence agents far further up the chain. I wrote a two-part series detailing the multiple stories Steele told to federal agencies about who his dossier sources were and why his having done that is going to eventually get him indicted. Part one is here, link in the article, and part two can be found here, link in the article. Just last week, Durham made a court filing in the Danchenko case that initially was entered into the docket as a summons to appear. Intrepid Spygate researcher Technofog immediately spotted it the next day when the summons was corrected to actually having been a federal subpoena. But that was nothing compared to what happened next. On February 12th, Durham made a new filing in the Sussman case that blew up more than five years' worth of fake news narratives. In that filing, Durham revealed that a Hillary Clinton campaign paid operative had been spying on the Trump White House and passing the data he'd gathered to Clinton's lawyers at Perkins Coie, who then made use of the new White House data in an updated version of the Alpha Bank hoax that Michael Sussman attempted to hand off to the CIA on February 7th, 2017. So... Not only was the FBI spying on Trump both as a candidate and then as president, so was a private federal contractor working for the Clinton campaign. That was my last column, link in the article. So Durham has been leaving quite the trail and dropping all kinds of hints about where he's headed in recent weeks. And the more filings Durham makes, and the more evidence he talks about in these filings, the more uncomfortable certain people in our mainstream media are becoming. Because these media people heavily interested in narratives they have relentlessly pushed on the public for going on six years now, 
do not like what they are now seeing from Durham. Some of them are still can't quite get quit over the fact that for whatever reason, current President Joe Biden and Attorney General Merrick Garland have not completely shut Durham down yet. Now that Durham is moving into verboten territory for the mainstream press, you can fully expect them to begin shifting from ignoring him and his investigation to starting to frantically gaslight the rest of us about what Durham is showing in these indictments and filings. Several news outlets quickly adopted the talking point that right-wing commentators are misunderstanding what Durham's filing actually says when they say it shows a private contractor working for Hillary Clinton spied on the executive office of the president. Thus far, David Korn of Mother Jones appears to be the only one daring to posit that Durham is encouraging conspiracy theories with his latest filing. The cartoon below is funny because it's true. Political cartoon, The American Spectator. Durham standing still. Everyone in the media running away from him with their fingers in their ears. This is why the fake news is in a panic right now over the Durham filing, either completely ignoring it or claiming it doesn't say what it says, or alleging that Durham is a wild, hairy-assed Trump attack dog and conspiracy theorist. They don't have any good options. They know what happened, and they do not want to talk about it. A private citizen paid a private federal contractor to be her private political operative as he spied on the executive office of the president. <clears throat> that is what the Durham filing says. There was no court involved. No legal warrant was issued. You realize what this means? It means a political campaign continued its dirty trick operation after its rival won the election and assumed office. And this dirty trick campaign involved spying on a sitting president in the White House. Whatever else some may call it, I'll call it what it is. A massive national security breach. Even as the fake news propagandists loudly shriek this isn't what happened, and that Durham's filing doesn't actually say that. I assure you, that is exactly what happened. It is exactly what Durham's filing says happened, and Durham says he has the evidence and he will prove it in the courtroom. Yes, fake news knows the truth about all of this, but they'll never admit it. They are, as usual, frantically trying to gaslight you. When you spy on the executive office of the president and surreptitiously co collect data to hand off to political partisans looking to sabotage a new administration, you are not just spying on the president in the Oval Office. Far from it. You are also spying on and collecting data from all of these people. 
The President, the Office of Policy Development, Office of Management and Budget, White House Staff, Office of the Vice President, National Security Council, Council of Economic Advisors, Office of Administration, Office of Science and Technology Policy, Office of the United States Trade Representative, Office of National Drug Control Policy, Council on Environmental Quality. Notice that the National Security Advisor and the entire National Security Council, as well as the Vice President and the White House Chief of Staff, are included in that chart. No private citizen can get away with this. Sorry, Democrats. Not even St. Hillary Clinton. Despite the fact it is now clear where Durham is going and the fake news media are only now beginning to rouse themselves to the danger, they still can't find John Durham so that they can yell at him about this. I made this milk carton meme about Durham back in July of 2021, only partly in jest as an illustration for a column I wrote at X22 Report titled, Why They Can't Find Special Counsel John Durham. Link in the article. Former top Trump Defense Department official and former Devin Nunes aide Cash Patel put his finger right on the key issue in a recent interview. Quote, if the Democratic Party had an all-star game, these people would be starting for them. And John Durham is investigating all of them in their intricate web of conspiracy against the United States, end quote. When you engage in an orchestrated campaign to sabotage a sitting president of the United States using what you knew was a hoax engineered by his opponent in the race, you are in fact engaged in a conspiracy against the United States. There is no, but it was Donald Trump, exception to the laws against treason. As fake news awakens to the danger to the Democrats' all-star team from the special counsel's office, they will put far more effort into trying to find Durham and his top team members so that they can hound them, harass them, sabotage their work, and turn them into national pariahs. But... Durham has been successful as making himself and his team exceedingly hard to locate and yell at for the past couple of years, and I don't expect that to change even after he drops more indictments in the coming months. And you can quote me on that. <laughs> 